Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady coming to you fresh and live from Ustron, Poland. So over the next couple of episodes, maybe three, we will see. I am going to be doing our summer readings from the small book, The Green Letters by Miles J. Stanford. I hope that you enjoy them. I hope that you will share them. And I hope that you will give us a five-star rating and take a couple of minutes to write a one, two, or three sentence review. This really does help us get the message out and cause others to be able to find Tent Talk Podcast. So love you all. Thanks for being a part of all that we're doing here and letting us be a part of your life. All right, here we are. I'm reading today from chapter 17 in the Green Letters on Cultivation. Since we've been for these last couple of episodes looking at the time element, and then we've talked about the husbandman and that the father is cultivating life within us and maturing and He's doing all the necessary things to raise us. He has taken full responsibility for us, and he tends to us. And and the nurture and the cultivation is different at um, each phase of our sonship. Remember, there are five Greek words within Scripture. Now, I might not be putting them in the exact order. If I were trying to spell them, I might misspell them. Uh, But again, these are things that you can look at. But there is the Nepios, Technon, Padeon, Neoniscus, and the Weos, which is the fully mature son. This is where, where Jesus <laughs> was the full representation of the Father and completely accomplished the will of the Father in full agreement. So this is what we, we must recognize is that this is what God is, is bringing us into so that we can move with him, accomplish whatever assignments he wants to give us. But he, this is the other day when we were reading and I read a statement that said, God cares as much for the preacher as he does the message that the preacher will bring. Is he takes care of the person. He's maturing forerunners. He's maturing fire runners. He is maturing us to be able to move with him. And listen, he will take a lifetime to get us ready. So today I've decided Uh, continuing in this uh, way and in this thought to read the chapter on cultivation. So here we go. And as you are listening to this, if you're listening to it in real time, Wynn and I are headed to Warsaw, Poland today to check into the airport hotel and to get ourselves ready to fly on Thursday here in a couple of days back into Germany. Wynn then flies on home to Texas And then I stay in Germany for another week. And dear friend and NMM board member Tina Kelly will be flying in to Germany from Florida and will join me. And we will be there for that week because it's important here at NMM uh, that the board members win, Tina, myself. But that that when and Tina see the work, they come intermittently. Um, and they're able to check the work. Are we really doing, let's just be real, am I really doing what I say I'm doing? 
Is there real fruit? Not just me saying that there's fruit, but others that are examining it, looking at it, the relational connections. Is it really getting beyond me? Right? Because that is the goal, way beyond me. Right? This part of cultivation. This is a part of the producing, right? If we are not the message, and if this isn't really what we're up to, I I don't know what all the busyness is about. Because yes, we have new countries opening to us daily, meaning conversations are opening, people are inviting, things are happening. But we have to be very careful to stay very focused in what is ours, because just being busy, my friends, is not success. Just like you looking idle is not failure. If it's a part of the day in and day out progress and process of what the Father is doing. Because when this seed goes down into the dirt, my friends, you can't see it. Oh, but there is much happening. If you're in that dark place and it seems like disintegration, because when I was reading yesterday's episode um, out of process of discipleship, can I just say, I had so many of you passing before my eyes. And, you know, this is why we we must come to understand his ways. That's not going to make the pain less. That doesn't mean you get to bypass or shortcut. But at least in it, you you can rest and say, Okay, Father, I am in your hands, right? This is you. And I will yield, and I will stay, and I will allow you, with my full agreement, to do what only you can do. So let's, let's read today about cultivation. Here we go. There can be little question concerning the importance of balance, so vital in the mechanical, physical, aesthetic, and spiritual realms. Faulty balance often results in disintegration and possible devastation to the surrounding area. Our self-life is out of balance. It is all one-sided, like the universal tea party. I had a little tea party one afternoon at three. Twas very small, three guests in all, just I, myself, and me. Myself ate up the sandwiches while I drank up the tea. Twas also I who ate the pie and passed the cake to me. Because he is the great husbandman, the beginning of God's cultivation of the hungry-hearted believer is downward. Patiently, persistently, and painfully, our Father digs down into the recesses of self, more and more fully revealing to us just what we are and are not in ourselves. His reason for this preparation is twofold, that the Lord Jesus might be free to manifest himself in us and through us for the sake of others, growing and sharing. The Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Isaiah 58:11. Each of us must be thoroughly cultivated before he can effectively cultivate others through us. It is not that there will be no service for us until we are spiritually mature, but that most of our service on the way to maturity is for our own development and not so much that of others. At first, the growing believer thinks and would have others feel that all his service is effective. But in time, he comes to realize that the Lord is not doing so much through him as he is in him. Our Lord always concentrates on the greater need. 
Since the work of God is essentially spiritual, it demands spiritual people for its doing, and the measure of their spirituality will determine the measure of their value to the Lord. Because this is so, in God's mind, the servant is more than the work. If we are going to come truly into the hands of God for his purpose, then we shall be dealt with by him in such a way as to continually increase our spiritual measure. Not our interest in Christian work, our energies, enthusiasm, ambitions, or abilities, not our academic qualification or anything that we are in ourselves, but simply our spiritual life is the basis of the beginning and growth of our service to God. Even the work, when we are in it, is used by Him to increase our spiritual measure. It is a mistake to measure spiritual maturity merely by the presence of gifts. By themselves, they are an inadequate basis for a man's lasting influence to God. They may be present and they may be valuable, but the Spirit's object is something far greater, to form Christ in us through the working of the cross. His goal is to see Christ inwrought in believers. So it is not merely that a man does certain things or speaks a certain words, but that he is a certain kind of man. He himself is what he preaches. Too many want to preach without being the thing themselves. But in the long run, it is what we are and not simply what we do or say that matters with God. And the difference lies in the formation of Christ within. We are not saved to serve. We are matured to serve. Only to the extent that cultivation reveals self for what it is are we in position to assist others in their cultivation. We find out everyone else by first finding ourselves out. As in water, face answereth to face, so the heart of man to man. Proverbs 27:19. To counterbalance knowledge of self, our Father enables us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 This is not only true concerning general service, but also in the matter of our ministry of intercession. More than anything else, the service of prayer for others necessitates a triune understanding, that of our Father, of ourselves, and of others. Praying for others can only flow from a heart at rest about itself and knowing the value of the desires which it expresses for another. I could not be true or happy in praying otherwise. Paul wrote that he would pray with the Spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen. So many of us, after having entered into some of the deeper realities of our Lord, seek to immediately pull or push others into this wonderful advancement, and then we wonder why they are so slow to learn and seemingly apathetic in their understanding and concern. We so easily forget the many years it took and what wandering wilderness ways our Lord had to traverse with us to bring us over Jordan and into Canaan. Moses had all the wisdom of the Egyptians, yet his idea of delivering Israel was to slay an Egyptian. He had to be trained in God's ways. Having 40 years in Midian, and when he was sent back to Egypt, God said for him not to trouble about Israel. Go direct to Pharaoh, the cause of their chains. God didn't train Israel at the first, 
but a leader to lead Israel. God seeks to get leaders trained in the knowledge of his ways. To the extent that we learn how our Father has had to handle us through the years, will we understand how he would have us share with others. We must be cultivated to be cultivators. It is injurious for one believer to be forcing another into blessing, which that soul may not be ready for. Forced advance really gives the enemy his opportunity to mislead. For those who try to rush on at the push of others cannot stand alone nor bear the test of their assumed positions. Then, too, in all our service, there is the proper motive to be fully considered. Work should be regarded less with reference to its immediate results or as to how it may affect this or that person. The great question is, will it, when sifted in his presence, be acceptable to him? And this acceptability to him is my reward. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be acceptable to him. 2 Corinthians 5, nine. Many seem to droop because there are no grapes and are not happy unless they are doing. Doing is right enough in itself, but the order ought to be from happiness to work and not work to be happy. It is from the inner circle, the hive, the heart where Christ reigns, the only green spot, the fond enclosure, the sanctuary that one should come forth to work. The quality of one's work depends on the nature of one's rest, and the rest should be like his own, known and enjoyed with him. We have but small idea of how our outward bears the color of our inward, and if our inward is not restful, there cannot be a rest-imparting service, however it may be attempted. Close quote from J.B. Stoney. P.S. The greatest proof of our love for Christ is that we care for those who belong to him. If you love me, feed my sheep. Well, there again, my friends, I pray that this will give you much food for thought. And in this summer reading series, I pray that it's provoking you deeper with him and that it's causing you to lean in deeper to him. So we will continue from the Green Letters next time. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.